Hey, it's Michelle here from Breed and Perfumery and welcome to the Yes She Can project. It's specifically for women by women. She stands for support, honesty and empowerment. We'll be tackling topics that affect us all in a place for support, honesty and advice. You are not alone, ladies. Come and join the conversation. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Yes She Come Project. I'm delighted to be joined by the gorgeous Rachel. Hello Rachel. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. Oh and thank you for saying yes. I'm really excited to talk to you. Well I'm excited to be here. Oh thank you. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know, um, can you Give us a little bit of an introduction. Um, tell us who you are and what you do, please. So I'm Rachel. Um, and, uh, you know, I really hate the word because it has such awful connotations. But yes, I am an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I run <laughs> I run the tiny collection of companies of Tiny Box, Tiny Box Maker, Tiny Marketplace. Oh, it's all tiny. Um, it's all tiny, yeah. And just about to launch a new company, which oh, I'll, I will exciting. tell you about later. You heard it here first, people. Yes, you did. <laughs> so with obviously you having so many companies under the tiny umbrella, um, can you take us back to the inspiration behind the Tiny Box Company in the first place? Was there like a light bulb moment for you that you can specifically remember? It was all part of a journey. And you know, when you look back and you think, are things just meant to happen? Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a lovely high fly type job working around the world in software and just through circumstance ended up in Sierra Leone. And for, <laughs> those, people that, <laughs> and for those people that have seen the film Blood Diamond, I was there at that time, not for the filming, obviously, but <laughs> the era. Um, uh, so it's 1997. There was a military coup on. Okay. And I, I had no idea about the levels of poverty, about roadblocks. You know, yeah. it was such a culture shock. Um, but the main thing that hit me was that Sierra Leone was getting so much aid. Right. But due to the politics and many ministers, mm -hmm. people on the ground weren't getting anything. So it inspired me to sort of start a very early fair trade company. Right. Uh, and then through really lots of unfortunate circumstances, I got very ill. It took me years to sort of rehabilitate myself. And once I was strong enough, I sort of went back to that original project. Yeah. And it was my sister that said, you know what, if you're getting sort of fair trade jewellery, you can't put it in plastic Chinese manufactured boxes. Yeah. You know, it's just not. It's not the right message, right? Yeah. Being a marketing expert, my sister being a marketing expert. So, so I started looking for boxes and I couldn't find any. And at the time you had to buy like a minimum of a thousand units. They'd yeah. tell you it was 10 to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what about all of the other jewelry companies out there that are small yeah. that just want to buy some boxes online? Um, that's right. That, well, well, that are sustainable, ethical. Yeah. Um, 
And it was finally at the Spring Fair trade show in Birmingham that I just remember sat sitting on the floor after yet another failed attempt at boxes and just oh. going, you know what, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine if someone had captured that. That would have been incredible. <laughs> um, so that was the start. Oh, bless you. Well, I don't know if anybody knows already, but <laughs> you appeared on Dragon's Den. Um, and have since been voted the most successful female entrepreneur to come out of the whole series today, which is incredible. Um, you secured funding from Peter Jones and Theo Pafitas. Um, can you talk us through how terrifying that, well, it might not have been terrifying, but I'd have been terrified, how terrifying that experience was and the kind of emotions that came along with that? Firstly, what did they do to my hair? <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with your hair? I watched the I watched the clip. There was nothing wrong with your hair. You didn't notice that I turned into a giant frizzball with all the makeup that run down my face. <laughs> this is behind the so, scenes gossip, folks. <laughs> um, so. I started Tiny Box. Um, it was sort of doing okay, and I popped in to see a friend of mine uh, in the local in the local town, yeah. and met this guy in there who was out buying a box. <laughs> you just can't make this up. Um, it turns out that he's this guy Robin Banks, who at the time was a very famous broadcaster. So Is that his real name, Robin Banks? No, his real name's Christian. Okay. Um, <laughs> But his stage name was Robin Banks and he okay. did the Virgin Breakfast Show. Right. And then he moved from the Virgin Breakfast Show to Kiss FM. Kiss Breakfast Show. Yeah. yeah. Kiss, Kiss okay. FM. It was Kiss 100 back then. Um, but anyway, he'd had a bit of an unfortunate drug incident and um, hijacked a radio station <laughs> and, and broadcast things that shouldn't have been broadcast. Oh so, my God. <laughs> So he'd gone into rehab and he'd come out of rehab and we were ch chatting in the shop and he said, I just want a normal job, Rach. So why don't I come and work with you? Okay. Well, not one of my best business decisions, but I was like, oh, OK. Was he just a stranger? <laughs> Had you literally never seen him before? I've never seen him before. I met oh him when I tried to buy a box. <laughs> sure, come into business with me. <laughs> so anyway... It, after about six weeks, it became very clear that he was very used to the public eye okay. and sitting in an office working all day was just not his thing. Okay. So he applied to Dragon's Den and didn't tell me because he thought that he could kickstart his career back in, um, back in the public eye by being okay. on the show, um, but also not feel bad leaving me because I was happy. <laughs> You've got your funding. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know any of this until the BBC phoned the office and luckily he was in that day and they phoned saying, oh, we're doing our research. Uh, we've got your application for Dragon's Den. Um, can you just talk us through what you want the money for? So, oh so Robin behind me is just going, blag it, blag it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And <laughs> And at the time, you know, we'd been trading for about six months by then. Okay. Uh, so this is 2008. We'd got nothing patentable, no mm -hmm. trading history other than the six months. Right. Um, no industry knowledge because my background was software and his was radio. Mm -hmm. 
So actually, actually nothing investable at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just treat yeah, it as a day trip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. You go know in with no expectations. You know? Yeah, you can't feel let down then, can you? <laughs> no. And so I just said to him, "Well, I'll do it because it's you know it's a five minute, ten minute marketing opportunity." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I never thought for a minute anybody would actually say yes oh. so we we go to they were filming at Pinewood Studios so we go okay. to Pinewood Studios and uh, they do our makeup and our hair and everything and you're not allowed to leave the green room you have to right. stay in the green room all day because they don't want you to sort of bump into one of the dragons right or, you know in the toilet okay. or something you know yeah. you're kept completely separate and then once people have gone through the uh to see the dragons they're not allowed back in the green room so okay. but so, let's let's be clear you were allowed access to a toilet at some yeah. point okay yeah. and tea and coffee okay so yeah, they've done our makeup and everything and and then we're there all day till about seven o'clock at night and then they said sorry folks run out of time you have to come back oh. <laughs> so you've built yourself up you've gone through all the anxiety Oh my god! I'd have fainted. I think I'd have been like, I, I cannot. My heart cannot go with another day of this. So about ten days later, we're back there. Same process. Oh, so it's not like it's the next day. No, no, no. Oh my god! <laughs> it's rebooked and rescheduled. So, so yeah, we're back there, and 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 by then, I was just like, do you know what? Whatever. Yeah, I, I really I, don't care whether I, I get it or no not. No expectations. <laughs> And, and Robin, from being, you know, a well-known broadcaster, had been saying to me, it's really important you don't show any nerves, people will hear it in your voice, you know, okay. you, you've, you've got to stay focused. It was a really hot day, really hot day. So we're in there all day. Again, we get called about five o'clock in the evening. And that is why my hair by then is just a frizzball. <laughs> I've got no makeup left. It's literally run down my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> we walk into the dragons we just get these five really stony faces and and I think one of the first clips you see um on the show is me looking at at Robin whilst Robin's going <gasps> <gasps> and I'm like I'm looking out and say, what's up with you <laughs> you told me to be calm <laughs> um yeah and then they hammered us for two and a half hours really hammered us two and a uh, half hours is that how long it is yeah yeah and then it's condensed <gasps> down 10 minutes um and then peter sort of said yes if theo went in and theo said yes as well and no. the bbc crew were saying you don't look very excited because <laughs> <laughs> i'm knackered i've spent two hours being shouted at <laughs> and because I never saw it coming I just you know so I I, I would think I was just shell-shocked oh so how, how did that develop from there in order to help your business if that makes sense do you have to have like special meetings and all this malarkey or do you just literally swap contact details and then they help you with your business as from there yeah it doesn't quite work like that no no so it depends which dragon you get because yeah. different dragons play it different ways. Um, we had a meeting with, um, I say we, I had a meeting 
Oh, had Robin gone by that point? Robin, Robin did turn up for one meeting, but you know he he had moved on by then, which was fine. It was it was amicable, yeah. you know. It wasn't yeah, um, it wasn't uncomfortable or anything. But so we had a meeting with all of Theo's team and all of Peter's team, and and the whole afternoon they sort of examined every part of the business in their sort of due diligence Mm -hmm. and at the end of it they said you know what we're going to forward you the money and leave you to run the business because you know what you're doing wow Um, so we'll give you the investment and we will effectively be silent partners okay um so that's what they did Mm -hmm. and um it was aired in the september of 2008 yeah if anybody decides they're going to go on the show and people tell them that their website is absolutely fine and it's not going to crash, don't believe them. (laughs) (laughs) Because just about everybody that I've spoken to that's been on the show, the website has crashed within minutes. (laughs) Of like the episode airing, because so many people have gone on to check you out, I bet. At the same time, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And... um, and for the next few weeks, the business was just utter chaos. And I remember saying to somebody, it was like being on a black ski slope without knowing how to ski. Oh, my God. It's like every business journey, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does. Oh, bless you. Um, well, people might look at you, Rachel, and think, you know, this woman is due to um, turn over £10 million this year see all of your successes see how far you've come and assume that oh you know it must have been an easy ride for her it must have been I don't know parents investing or you know how some people are kind of born into money and born into success and have have more opportunities than some of us do but that couldn't be further from the truth for you um can you talk us through some of the some of the challenges that that you've faced over the years with the tiny box company I was born with a silver spoon I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) um I I have certainly had my fair of challenges um anything that I say I want to highlight that my parents weren't bad people just bad parents yeah they shouldn't have had children um so uh, I can only describe us as feral children (laughs) yeah um in and out of education. I'd lived in 13 different houses and been to nine different schools by school leaving age, you know, so there was, there was no consistency, but I did take myself through university, didn't get any help from my parents. Um, And uh, I got myself a degree in business studies. Mm -hmm. So I did have a, 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 you know, a good advantage there. and, and when I set up Tiny Box, I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> I thought it would be lovely to have a nice lifestyle oh. business. You know, my health had been pretty rubbish uh, due to an, you know, uh, an unexpected operation, which yeah. went wrong. They couldn't tell me what went wrong, but um, well, that was four years of my life gone, you know. So, so when I started Tiny Box, I actually wasn't well enough to be working full time anyway. So yeah. I thought, well... Nice lifestyle, but business never confessed that to the dragons. <laughs> and, but yeah, you look at people that run businesses and you don't think for a second that actually you've got to be the master of every single trade. Yeah, you've, absolutely. You've, 
you've got to be a marketing expert, a finance expert, a Mm -hmm. brand development expert, a pricing expert, you know, and uh, naive doesn't even come close. (laughs) And and I look back now at at some of the stuff that went wrong, some of it my fault, but a lot of it I couldn't have predicted. So um, I think it was about 2008, 2009, I got blacklisted from Google. I didn't even know you could. Bear in mind, we're an e-commerce shop. Yeah. So you are totally reliant on those Google searches. Absolutely. Um, and suddenly, one day, I just typed in our, you know, tiny box company. And yeah. we'd gone from Google. We'd gone from every single listing. I was like, how? And Google don't tell you they blacklisted you or they didn't back then. Mm-hmm. You just disappear. Oh um, and it took me three weeks. And, of course no business for three weeks is enough to kill yeah. most e-commerce businesses yeah definitely um and and somebody had hacked in and written a load of white code over my website that was uh, abusive you know a lot of really graphic data knowing what they were doing mm-hmm. um which of course the google bots pick up yeah and so we got See, struck like spam okay yeah so we had to appeal to get our website back up and running mm-hmm. um and yeah it took weeks and I was at my wits end have you ever found um, out who did that no I don't know if it was a competitor or who you know um in the meantime uh, a warehouse caught fire we <laughs> we lost a lot of stock I was I was on the phone to uh, to a customer at the time and uh, one of the ladies that worked with me came running in and she said the warehouse is on fire and you know when something just doesn't sink in and then I sort of said to the customer I really ought to go because I think that we've got fire they're flapping about for some reason I don't know what's happening have we won on the raffle <laughs> and, and I went outside and, and the warehouse at the time was like a, um, across the the courtyard of, of yeah. our office mm-hmm. and, and and my dad was actually with me that day and, and I just stood there while all the flames came out of the roof. And, Sorry, and I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny, but it's the way that you're explaining it. <laughs> and my dad just goes, because he's ex, uh, he was ex-fireman, you know, from years and years ago. He's like, don't stand there, dial 999. <laughs> um, luckily, uh, there was a welding business on the same industrial estate. Okay. And they 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 had just about every bit of fire equipment you could have, mm-hmm. and they literally ran in there and blasted it out before yeah. it before it took the rest of the industrial estate yeah. out, basically. Um, and what had happened was that when the warehouse was built, yeah. health and safety regulations hadn't been applied. It was a really hot day. Something to do with hot days and me, isn't there? It was a really hot day. And- <laughs> And one of the halogen lights in the ceiling overheated, caught mm-hmm. fire, and dropped down onto one of the boxes. Oh, so then it's like kindling for the whole place yes. then. Yeah, exactly. And it just went. Oh, no. Um, and um, that same year, uh, I walked into the office one morning. Well, tried to walk into the office, opened the door, and it was literally, when I say flood, I'm not talking about a little bit of water on the ground. I'm talking about my chairs floating. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Did you just stand there again and be like, hmm? <laughs> Well, no, because when I opened the door, it just... <laughs> oh, my God. 
um, and um, yeah, we lost so much stuff. You know, oh. company records, computer equipment, all sorts. Oh, God. Um, so it was kind of like starting again yeah. and and wiping the slate clean. And I and I think that between all of the, what was happening and because of the business growing so quickly yeah um I I just ended up burning out and literally oh. for about six months I was running the business from my bed I, I just couldn't get out of bed I had no mm-hmm. energy I was talking to customers on the phone from my bed <laughs> doing all oh. the emails from my bed um yeah and how I didn't quit then I don't know mm-hmm. did it enter your mind Oh, massively, massively. Uh, you know, I sort of rebuilt relations with my parents. I was staying with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember having a quite a few massive breakdowns with my dad just going, bawling my eyes out, going, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't do it. Am I ever going to have the energy to, to, to Almost push on again? Ball? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that went on for months and months. What, what was it that got you through, would you say? Where did you find the strength from to bounce back and continue? Do you know what? When you've hit rock bottom, where, where do you go? You know, you, yeah. you can either just try and just take one step at a time, one day at a time, yeah. and slowly get yourself out of it. By 2011, I'd started to get myself out of it. And then my dad got leukemia. And of course, because I was living with them, I then became his sort of carer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mum went into hospital with what we thought was a urine infection and died within eight weeks. Oh, um, my God. So my dad, the chemo for his leukemia was horrific. And, uh, you know, I think the worst day he, plu- he puked 18 times in one day. Oh so, so being his main carer through that and then going through all the horrific stuff with my mum and you know and then a full investigation as to how she'd been in hospital for eight weeks and just dying you know um and then the funeral arrangements it it was a dark time I'm not surprised and while still having to run your business all at the same time well still trying to run my business yeah oh my god it's it's no wonder you didn't throw in the towel to be honest with you I don't know how I didn't, as I say, no. literally just by taking each day as it came and mm-hmm. just surviving, essentially. Surviving, yeah. Yeah. Bless you. you. You're very open, Rachel, about the personal struggles that you've had and the trauma that you've faced. Um, has there ever been, is it in your personality to kind of sit back and think about and really reflect on how much you've been through? And how much of an inspiration you are to other female business owners like myself. Because we will look at you and think, oh my gosh, she's incredible. Look at all she's been through. Look at what she's achieving right now. Is it something that you do regularly to sit back and reflect on things? No. I'm a forward thinking person anyway. So I tend to always be looking forward but it was my husband's got a lot to answer for you know um (laughs) about three years ago we were out um at a local craft fair yeah and um and there was a a lady there and she'd got her stand with her candles uh, it was like candles and diffusers and things Mm -hmm. and um and I I went over I said oh hi she said hi I said how's the day going 
I didn't know her I was just you know chatting yeah. and and she said oh, it's, it's my first one it's really scary and uh-huh. um it's my first day in business and I was like oh okay well good luck with it I hope you have a good day yeah. and walked away and we got outside and my husband just looked at me he's like why did you do that so what do you mean he said she opened up to you she said it's my first one I'm really scared yeah. and at no point did you say well I've done that and you'll be okay because mm-hmm. I've done it yeah you just didn't give her any of your time <laughs> and I was like <laughs> gave me a right bollocking <laughs> <laughs> and and I was and it was a real like wake up moment for me because I was like well she doesn't want to hear my story you know, oh, she would. <laughs> why on earth would I stand there talking to somebody I don't know about me, me, me? You know, mm-hmm. and he said, "But that's not the point because if people know the journey that you've been through, yeah. they then makes it it makes it more real it's to real. them yeah. and achievable." Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Absolutely. since then, since then, I have had a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, but you do. You now you help a lot of a lot of business owners don't you with with the different arms of the tiny box so you do the tiny clinic um we do which is like a Q&A session isn't it could you tell us a bit more about that so it was uh, I don't know how it happened it's just one of those <laughs> fluky moments um but I got nominated for the NatWest Every Woman of the Year Entrepreneur Award I and won it, it, and it everyone was... <laughs> 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 but it was it was whilst we were talking about it that I sort of thought do you know what I am so privileged now you know the business is doing well I've got a great team around me we should be giving back more so how can we give back in a constructive way that isn't okay. just giving to charity or or whatever yeah how can we do it meaningfully so most of our customers are a uh, cottage industry in some way or another. Okay. Um, and a lot of them have business struggles, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. So we said, well, why don't we dedicate Thursdays to running doctor's clinics, but yeah. for businesses? Yeah. So, so people can book in a session free of charge and just talk to us about anything. And if they want regular mentoring on those Thursday sessions, that's fine. Yeah. Um, or if they just want to come in and talk about a specific project mm-hmm. or product or problem, that's yeah. fine. Or if they just need somebody to give them a bit of a lift on that yeah. day because they're mm-hmm. feeling down, then yeah. come and talk to us. So, um, so I run that with my sister, who is a, a marketing expert and knows way more about marketing than me. Um, and we do that every Thursday. Oh, wow. And, that's incredible. And it's not just open to our customers, it's open to anybody that. Needs it. Wants help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I would imagine, especially after everything that you've been through, don't think there's going to be many questions that you're going to get asked that you don't know the answer to or experience that, that you've not had that you can't help somebody with. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're doing that thing again, Rachel. <laughs> I do get asked quite random questions at times. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I have to be careful what I say because some of them the people involved would know instantly yeah no they <laughs> would ask the question but yeah. <laughs> but yeah I do get asked weird stuff 
Oh, bless you. Well, actually, you just touched upon the the pandemic, obviously how difficult it's been for, for people, but how difficult has it been for you and the tiny box company? Like, for example, for me as a small business, it was terrifying. So I can't even imagine the responsibility that was on top of your shoulders with having lots of staff um, and, and running such such a huge organisation. What did you do to kind of pivot? Oh, I hate that word, but let's just use it anyway, to pivot. Um, did you have to like meet with your team and then you all get together and suggest or was it kind of down to you? So... Oh. I'm going to say fortunately, it wasn't fortunate, it was unfortunate. But um, in 2018, 2019, yeah. I got diagnosed with lung cancer. And, oh, um, and at the time when they told me, I didn't know if it was terminal or whether they, they would be able to fix, yeah, treatable or, or whatever. So I had to change the business model then anyway okay. to sort of, make us very adaptable yeah to change you know because yeah. I was like okay well what happens if I get taken out of the business what happens if it is terminal and I don't have very long you oh know gosh. How, how do we deal with this yeah so we'd already you know in the textbook sort of scenario you've got the very bureaucratic organization and then we so we'd already tried to keep the business very organic okay. but on 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 experiencing that, it meant that we kept a really organic, flat structure right. and that effectively everybody in the business had a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, the lung cancer was fine, by the way. I They they cut out Thank the bottom goodness. third of my lung and it was, it was all good. Touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> got some. <laughs> um, but... Um, also, where we had the offices, we were, we were very remote and always suffering from power cuts and, you know, Wi-Fi outages. Right. So the whole business was in the cloud and all of the office staff had laptops. Right. Well, well before any pandemic. Yeah. So, so Boris comes along 23rd of March. It's ingrained in my brain and says, send everyone home. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the office, I could straight yeah. away. You're like, uh, yes, I've been prepared. <laughs> I'm a clever yeah. businesswoman. I've sorted it out before. <laughs> Pure fluke, but <laughs> <laughs> can you stop saying everything's fluke? It's skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, um, obviously, pr- uh, production we couldn't send home and distribution we couldn't send home. Yeah. But I remember talking to our finance team and saying, okay, what is our cash burn rate per month? Right. I.e., how long can we survive if we have no income coming in? Yeah. Um, and they gave me numbers and we were like, okay, so we're going to be fine for three, four months. So hopefully if the, um, surely by then the pandemic will have calmed down. And, and this is That's pre- what we all thought, wasn't it? Yeah. And this was pre any furlough offers or anything like that. Okay. This is like, cold hard situation if I've got to pay everybody yeah and and pay everything can we survive so we're like yeah great we're fine for three four months mm-hmm. and and I was at home at the weekend and you know when something's just bugging you and your gut's saying something's wrong yeah 
So I did some digging and realized that our finance team hadn't talked to purchasing who had committed us to half a million pounds worth of orders. So, so suddenly our safety net was just gone. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the sitting room with my husband and just going, we are fecked. <laughs> and was that another one of the situations where you just stood there and just looked out as if to say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> surely not I something stood, else? <laughs> I stood there for a minute and then I just burst into floods of tears because I was just oh, like, bless you. everything we've worked for, yeah. we are now going to potentially lose. Mm-hmm. So husband being a you know a very different practical personality to me was just like calm down dear <laughs> it'll <laughs> um, be okay and, <laughs> and after I sort of had my tantrums and screamed at him like it's not like it's his fault but it wasn't obviously um <laughs> yeah, but it's easier to do that isn't it because they're there at that point <laughs> yeah um, so after I'd done all of that I just sort of said okay well how can we pivot the business and and what I realized was that you know we knew that we had a lot of small businesses as our customers yeah but actually they'd lost their livelihoods because they sell in um uh, craft fairs fairs, Mm -hmm. um Sunday markets church stalls you know and suddenly all of their income was completely gone yeah so we were like, okay, well, what can we do to help them? Oh, it's um, just so wonderful that that was one of your first thoughts. Well, it was like, it's a circular system, isn't it? If we yeah. can help them, then mm-hmm. they'll need packaging. And then, yeah. so we're helping them, but we're also helping our, us and making yeah. sure that we can employ all the staff still mm-hmm. and everything else. And and we, we knew that as a company, what we're really good at is dispatch. Okay. You know, getting stuff out um, and getting it out quickly with the help of the courier companies that actually work um, <laughs> in, a, in the timescales that we've said we're going yeah. to, you know. So we said, let's create a, a platform, a marketplace for the customers, sorry, for, for, for our customers yeah. um, that is like, Etsy or not on the high street, mm-hmm. but where we do all the dispatch for them, because at the time nobody could get out of their houses or they had to okay. go and queue at the post office or, you, you know, or they didn't have time to build a website. Yeah. So we were like, tell us where your products are. We'll send a, a collector in to go and get the products from you. Wow. And then you just worry about making the products. Yeah. We'll get listed on the website and we will dispatch them to the customers. Oh my God. Um, that's amazing. So within five weeks, we'd created a online marketplace platform. Mm-hmm. Tiny marketplace. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's still something that you run at the moment. Yeah, yeah. We're building and building on it. Wow. Hmm. Goodness me. Oh, I so, feel like I've been on a roller coaster with you so far, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> the interview is so full of ups and downs. It's incredible. So I'm not about that. that. <laughs> Fun. Well, I say fun, but I didn't experience it. I'm sure it wasn't quite as fun for you. No, no. But I've been so lucky in lots of ways. I really have. Oh, I love, I love your can-do attitude as well. It's like no matter what life throws in your direction, you, you always seem to 
to twist it in a way where you're just so resilient and you're just like, you know what? Yes, I can do it. I've, you know, you can't even, you can't even begin to describe the things that you have experienced and list them. People wouldn't believe you. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, but you still keep pushing on. Not only that, you still keep helping other people. And I think that's just amazing. Thank you, but it's not. Because (laughs) what's my choice? My choice and most people's choice is, well, you either just take each day as it comes Mm -hmm. and try and get through it, or you sit in a dark corner feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. And and that's not going to help you or anybody else. No. So... So actually, a lot of the time, you don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. You've just got to try and get on with it and cope with it as best you can. And, yeah. and if you get through another day and it's not so horrific, then that's got to be good. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about having the strength to, to carry on, really, isn't it? And the strength to put yourself in that mindset to think, you know, let's just get up tomorrow, you know, see what tomorrow brings kind of thing. And, and whilst a lot of the things that I've experienced have been horrific on a day-to-day basis, I love what I do. You know, I love, oh. I love the team I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I jokingly said to my husband one day, I feel like I'm going to play group today because I'm going oh. to play with all my friends. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I remember being in Malta with one of my best friends a few years ago and I, and I was moaning about work and saying, you know, oh, it's a a nightmare at the moment and this yeah. and that and she said well okay what's the alternative and I was like oh my god I'd have to go and get a job <laughs> don't take it away from me I just want to moan just for a little minute <laughs> but it was the reality of I'd have to go and get a job and what would I do oh. no one would employ me <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I've turned over 10 million pounds I don't think you're gonna have people rejecting you are you but no, seriously, what job would I do? You know, I think it's what job would make you happy because you are happy in doing what you do. It'd be so difficult to find something that would bring you the same kind of joy working for somebody else. Yeah, but but I kind of don't have a lot of skills because the skill is running a company. So I couldn't go and get a job as an accountant or a solicitor or, or do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I'm quite a good cleaner, but... <laughs> As we talked about before. <laughs> what what would you say, Rachel, has been your biggest highlight so far? What, of my career? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest highlight is, so I'm passionate about people. And mm-hmm. I think that the biggest highlight for me is seeing people come into the business that, through no fault of their own, have had their confidence completely knocked out of them, you know, have failed in the school system or whatever, and to see them really achieving. Now, that's my highlight. I mean, our marketing manager joined me aged 18. She'd, um, you know, she'd she'd not had the greatest start in life, that, you know, there'd uh, there'd been issues. um, And she just worked hard. And we built her confidence and built her confidence. She now runs a team of nine um, as our marketing manager. And she said, could she do a diploma in marketing? And we were like, sure, we'll pay for it. But you've got to put the work in and do it in your own time. 
Um, and she did. And she passed with flying colours. Oh, um, our customer services manager left school with, I think, about two GCSEs. And mm -hmm. again, no confidence at all. And yeah. she is a brilliant manager. And, oh. and, and our ops manager, the same, you know. And, and seeing people become, achieve so much more than they ever believed that they could yeah is just the best journey it really is oh, and the best feeling I bet that, yeah. that you've been instrumental in in making that happen in an effect yeah. changing somebody's life effectively yeah. that's what you've done isn't it that's that's really really huge and, oh. and sometimes it's got to be tough love I mean I remember that there's uh, one of the guys in our warehouse I knew his dad and his dad sort of said can you give him a job he's he's not had a good ride okay um and and he hadn't you know but we, we were talking in the car park one day and he was he was feeling really sorry for himself yeah. and I and I said to the warehouse guy I said you've got to get over it and he looked at me and he said well what do you know you know you've had such an easy life and but because <laughs> well actually <laughs> Because they come into work and they see me being, you know, like the big boss and yeah. having a nice life. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me stop you there. From age eight months to three years old, I was in a children's home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I then had, you know, a, a very unhappy childhood, a lot of yeah. domestic abuse, a lot mm -hmm. of um, a, a lot of issues in, in yeah. my family. Um, I haven't had it easy at all. Mm -hmm. I said, but you have a choice. Yeah. Um, and he sort of stood there processing it all. And he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and suddenly it was a realization moment for him that yeah. he also had that choice. Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes it's about tough love as well. And it's about a mutual respect thing, isn't it? I think sometimes if somebody appears so different to you, whether that be background, childhood, whatever it is, you don't feel like you're on the same wavelength as them and you don't feel like they get you the same way. So I think yeah. instantly when you told him that, he gained respect for you straight away because he mm. knew that you knew what he'd been through at the same time and you were both yeah. basically the same. Yeah. yeah. But like I mean, you say, he just you had chosen to do something with your life and he had to do the same thing yeah and I'm sure he will I'm sure he will he's coming on leaps and bounds <laughs> brilliant see again another person's life you're going to be changing oh it's incredible yeah I hope so brilliant um but it's then that it makes it a bit more worthwhile isn't it yeah yeah because the the hardships that you've faced you are giving back in a way to make other people's hardships in their future a bit easier to deal with because you're giving them a good start, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand the world. I don't understand the universe. But for me personally, I kind of feel like we are here for a reason. Absolutely. I, you know, whether it's reincarnation or whatever, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but mm -hmm. I feel from things that have happened to me that we are here for a reason. Yeah. And 
And if in your lifetime, whilst you're here, you can make that tiny difference to other people's lives of making it just a tiny little bit better. Yeah. Then that's got to be a good thing. And yeah. And in, isn't that incredible what you just said? You said the word tiny twice. Yeah. And that is what your company is called. <laughs> See? Because the first company was called Tiny Difference. And, and that was, we can't change the world, but we can collectively make a tiny difference. Yeah. Um, and that's where the rest of the tiny empire kind oh, of wow. came it's from. about the tiny. what's the best piece of advice um that you would give to women in business from your experience have you ever come across mel robbins oh my god she's incredible yeah she really is isn't she yeah she 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 is she is very um inspirational but one of the things that she talks about is the five second rule and and, and I've always used a different uh, terminology f- for it until recently, you know, hearing of her five second rule. Yeah. But we all have this monkey brain going in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and as humans, we are built for survival mechanism. Our brain is built for survival mechanism, as is our body. Yeah. So as soon as the brain thinks we are outside of our comfort zone, it starts this chatter of negativity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to protect you it's about yeah. protection um so it's learning to switch off that chatter mm-hmm. or following mel robbins rule of like well don't even listen to it you've got to if you come up with an idea do it within five seconds yes <laughs> otherwise you're only going to change your own mind aren't you talk exactly. yourself out of it. you're talk yourself out of it because your brain is protecting you or thinks yeah. it's protecting you mm-hmm. so my best advice is either try and turn down the chatter dialogue or yeah. if you can't, do it before the chatter dialogue kicks, kicks in. in. Yeah. Or just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because what have you got to lose? When, yeah. when you are reaching the end of your life, all the people that I've spoken to that, you know, I lost both parents, I lost my sister last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you speak to them, they don't talk about regrets of what they've done. They've talked yeah. about what they haven't done. Absolutely. Oh, I love and, that. You should write that on a tiny T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what have you got to lose? Yeah. What have you got to lose just by going to yourself, do you know what? I'm going to give it a try. If I fail, so what? You yeah. know, every time I get one no, I am closer to that yes. Yeah. Because, because it's a journey and... And every time you do fail, you you are learning anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see. I, I don't really think we ever really fail, because yeah. what we get given when we get that so-called failure is a lesson to learn for the future. So I think whichever way, it's a win, isn't it? Because if if you don't get what you want to get in that particular moment or at that particular time, then you have learned more than you could have learned had you have got that yes. So I was talking to her, the, the young marketing manager yesterday. Mm-hmm. She's 28 now. Um, and um, she's got a great team. But yeah. she was like, I really want them to fail, Rach. 
<laughs> I'm like, okay. She said, well, we've hit a wall of creativity and they're not taking risks. Okay. So I want them to fail. Yeah. <laughs> to, to stretch the boundaries and then say, well, okay. okay, well, that didn't work. But she said, I need them to fail. <laughs> they're doing too well. How dare they? <laughs> but doing too well within such tight okay. boundaries. Mm-hmm. yeah she wanted to take them outside of that and yeah. um and experiment more and in so doing have some failures so that they can yeah. then say okay well that didn't work but if we if we tweak it and try this it sparks um, new ideas doesn't it I think one of the best books I read was on I um I don't know if you've come across it black box thinking I'm not sure I think I've heard of the title yeah so in most businesses, there's like this whole blame culture, especially a lot of the public sector. There seems to be horrific blame culture. And um, as a result, a lot of people won't make decisions. Right. In the aviation industry, if a plane crashes, it's all recorded on this black box. Yeah. And so as soon as there's been a plane crash, you know, they then try and find this black box. Yeah. And black box records everything both the pilot talking or whatever and I don't know the details but you and know what went wrong it, yeah what went wrong um so the idea behind black box thinking is that the airline can then listen to this I mean the chances are there is no one to blame because by then the pilot's dead anyway potentially you know it's <laughs> the optimist <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is the airline can then say okay what can we learn from this to make sure it never happens again Okay, yeah. Um, so that's what I try and instill in our companies. Let's not blame each other. Yeah. Let's acknowledge yeah. it's happened. And then what can we put in place so it doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. So the business is never hurt in, yeah. in that way again. Um, and and it, it's changing that mindset. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think maybe, you know, I don't... I, not not very good at percentages but quite a high percentage of successes and failures are to do with mindset mm. yeah I, Dyson the Hoover I can't remember how many prototypes he made but it was thousands of the things yeah <laughs> before he got a I can't say Hoover a vacuum cleaner <laughs> yeah <laughs> um to do what what his his vision was yeah. you know Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of the time you're going to have stuff not go right, mm-hmm. but it goes wrong in order for it to be right in the long run. Exactly. Exactly. What advice would you, if you could go back and speak to your younger self, what, what advice would you give to your younger self? So <laughs> my husband and I joke about this um, in that I'm sort of like, poor baby Rach, you know. <laughs> and I think the advice that I would go back to my younger self is to just give younger me a big cuddle Aww. and say, it's going to be OK. Yeah. You know, because actually. What's what's the worst that can happen? What is the mm-hmm. actual worst that can happen? Um, and it, a lot of people, if they're at rock bottom anyway, where else can you go? Yeah. So, so just give yourself a big hug, a big pat mm-hmm. on the back for realizing it. Yeah. And I, I, I am a great believe, believer in manifestation and visualization. Yeah. 
So if you know, I think you had a chat with Hayley Sparks about this. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, if you have a vision of where you want to be, mm-hmm. and, and for me personally, it's about the emotion that's attached to that. Okay. About how it will make you feel if yeah. you achieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got to have a clear pe- picture. So I would say to my younger self, um, or to anyone out there, if you don't know where you want to go, then how is anyone supposed to help you? Yeah. And you how know, are you supposed like, to help yourself to get there if you've got no yeah. idea? Yeah. It's like looking at a map and or asking somebody for directions and looking at the map and saying, well, how, how do I get there? Well, where are you going, love? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> what are you, you asking me directions for? <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we do with our lives. You yeah, know, we wander along without goals or or an idea of where we want to go and then we moan that we're not there you know yeah so so it's about being really specific of of where you want to go create your vision board whether it's a physical vision board or in your head yeah um and just focus on the positivity and the feeling the vision Mm -hmm. and the feeling of of where you want to be oh I love that what's up next Rachel for the tiny box company ah well I had an accident (laughs) oh god (laughs) not something else (laughs) (laughs) Um, so so a friend of mine came to me last year um and she's she's got a great business which is Mm -hmm. um equestrian wear for the humans not not the horses you know okay Um, (laughs) <laughs> jodhpurs you know that, human that horseware <laughs> human horseware exactly <laughs> that, yeah and um a great business model uh because it's all made out of sustainable fabric okay. you know recycled materials yeah um and and the whole ethos is s- sustainability yeah so so i was doing my research and sort of looking into the whole sustainable sportswear market okay and imagine my horror when I type in in Google, sustainable and ethical sportswear. Oh, I've just got newspaper articles. Okay, let's try sustainable and ethical activewear. Okay, oh, newspaper articles. Sustainable activewear. <laughs> newspaper articles. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was like the, the Guardian top 10 um, sm- small brands. Okay. Um, and so I was like, well, how have we got to 2021 and there isn't a major player out there like yeah. like um, JD Sports or whatever, okay. but purely for sustainable active and ethical active wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I was like, okay, fine, we'll do it ourselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we launch in March. Oh my god, that's so exciting! Really scary. So we've ah. taken we've taken all the small brands that are doing really well but don't have the voice. Yeah, and we're bringing them under one platform. Okay, um, it's called Air Active, mm-hmm. and the idea it's not about making money. It's not about 
commercialism. It is about raising awareness and giving consumers the choice. Because if you ask lots of people, well, why don't you buy leggings made out of recycled material? They say, well, where Mm -hmm. from? Where am I going to get it from? Mm -hmm. You know, and and the likes, uh, be careful what I say, the large sportswear companies, (laughs) a lot of them have sort of done lines yeah the odd line maybe yeah that are sustainable or whatever but they can't make too much noise about it because by making noise they highlight that the other 99.9 percent of their brand is anything but sustainable yes yeah um so i know so many women that are passionate about the environment passionate Mm -hmm. about recycling and sustainability but when it comes to their active wear it's like well what's my choice yeah exactly but by you launching something new and fresh, then you're giving people a platform to do so. It's a choice. Yeah. And, and on it, we're not telling people what sustainability means because everybody's got different ideas. Okay. So we're going to have organic bamboo, organic cotton, mm-hmm. stuff made purely out of recycled fabrics. Yeah. So, so the consumer can choose what sustainability means to them and yeah. on each one we will have the country of origin so if they only want to buy uk they can mm-hmm. yeah if if they're less worried about where it's made but they want it to be made from recycled fishing nets mm-hmm. then then they can yeah wow in fact i i know a couple of ladies that, that are really passionate about sustainability with active wear so i'll have to i'll have to tell them um one of the companies is small brand they um they like plant a tree or forgive me i'll probably get it wrong to do with planting trees and they're yeah. all about like reducing plastic and everything like that so yeah are you taking on people at the moment or have you got your quota already and so the lady that came to me with the idea uh, for her equestrian wear yeah. uh, now works with me on this. Okay. <laughs> I poached her. Oh. <laughs> so, so she's still doing her own business, but uh, mm-hmm. she's working with me on this. And, um, and we're sort of building a team around wow. her. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so exciting. Yeah. Are you excited going into something slightly different? Have you had the monkey chatter yet? Uh, I, oh, I, I have the monkey chatter, but I just turned the dial down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really interesting for me mm-hmm. because um, the, the lady that's doing it with me, she's from a fashion background. She did a fashion degree and, wow. and, and, and a lot of the people that we're talking to in the industry, they're like, oh, you know, risky doing a fashion business or whatever. And I'm like, but it's not. It's just another commodity. The yeah. fact that it's fashion doesn't matter. It's not mm-hmm. fashion anyway, because the whole point is that it's slow fashion. Yes, exactly. Um, um, but to me, it doesn't matter whether it's boxes or leggings, you know, it's yeah. about getting the same message across. It's the ethos that's deep rooted yes. into your brand, isn't it? That's that's yes. what it is about. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right, Rachel, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I could literally talk to you all day. Um, lastly, where could you just tell people where they can find you? Or the tiny box company? <laughs> I was going to say Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to give you my address, she says? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, tiny box company is www.tinyboxcompany.com. Um, Air Active is A-I-R-E active uh.co.uk and uh at the moment there's a holding page up with showing the number it's a countdown for the number of days to launch 
<laughs> oh, it's exciting. Are you having a launch party? Uh, we will be having a launch party, yes. Exciting. Would you like to come? Oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> well, you're welcome to come. I'll, I'll send yeah. you an invitation. Oh, what a bonus. I get to speak to you and I get a party invite. That's my and night made. <laughs> Bless you. Right, Rachel, I will say thank you so much for coming on. I really, really have enjoyed speaking to you and it's been really insightful. And obviously everyone listening to this, they'll totally feel exactly the same as me. And you're such an inspiration to so many people. Well, it's really kind of you to say so. Thank you. But well done you for running this. I mean, what a great achievement. Thank you. It still feels a bit surreal, to be honest, but <laughs> I'm so enjoying it, honestly. It's it's yeah. women like you that I get to speak to. And it's like it's it's just incredible to be able to to be able to talk and share stories. And and like me and you sat side by side on the screen here. It's it's so incredible to know that obviously we've both had our rough times, yeah. but look at what you've achieved and it gives me such a boost to be able to think well actually you know Rachel's been so through so many horrendous times and she's managed to get where she is so it makes me think you know anything is possible so I thank you for that it really is you know the limit is the limitations that we put on ourselves but what's really interesting is the more people that I speak to in business most people have gone through some horrific shite in <laughs> in one way or another, you know. Yeah. Um, I was talking to an amazing business lady. Uh, you know, she'd set up an, a tech company in America and it floated and everything else. Incredible story. Mm -hmm. Her husband bought a new car and killed himself in it, you know. Oh, my God. And, and by accident. Yeah, yeah, by accident. Oh, yeah. oh um, my gosh. But the point is, you know, that people never necessarily give away their stories and you just yeah. think, wow, they're really a successful business person. Look what they've achieved. Yeah. And it's only when you start digging that you find nearly everybody has yeah. gone through some real tough times. Yeah. Um, and it's about supporting each other through that. Absolutely. Uh, you, yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Mm. Well, thank you so much. And I shall speak to you soon. I hope everyone's enjoyed the episode. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you.